Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 741 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And got a lot to do here today. Uh, the Rangers going to be back in action tonight against the Carolina Hurricanes. The Canes are the hottest team in the NHL. They've won 11 straight games, so a great challenge for the Rangers tonight. Going to spend some time at the end of today's episode taking a quick look at that game. Uh, something else that I really want to do today is talk a little bit about the situation with DeMar Hamlin, uh, safety for the Buffalo Bills. A lot of you probably... Uh, might have even been watching the game last night, and even if you weren't, you've probably heard about what happened, and uh, it's a very scary, very serious situation there, so I uh, want to spend a little bit of time there, and also want to talk a little bit more about Alexi Lafreniere, and I don't know that there's really a whole lot of smoke to this fire, but the idea that you know maybe the Rangers could potentially even look to trade him, uh, I do want to at least address those rumors, and uh, basically just explain why I don't think that they could, should, or ultimately will uh, trade Alexi Lafreniere. And also want to spend some time uh, talking a little bit about the World Juniors and which Rangers are still in the tournament. That tournament is into the semifinals. So like I said, a lot to do today, and I think it only makes sense to uh, start with uh, DeMar Hamlin and what happened last night with Monday Night Football. Again, for those of you who missed it, uh, you got the Bills playing the Bengals. It's the first quarter, and what looked like a pretty routine play uh, turned into just a horrifying situation, uh, yet a situation where Hamlin, who was a safety for the Bills, was tackling T. Higgins. I mean, you know, pretty pretty heavy collision for sure. Uh, Higgins basically tried to run him over, but I mean, that's football. That's what you do. And uh, Hamlin made the tackle, got back to his feet for just a couple of seconds, and then collapsed backward. Uh, he now is still listed as of this morning in critical condition after suffering cardiac arrest. Uh, paramedics were working on him and gave him CPR on the field for nine minutes, and eventually the game was postponed and ultimately canceled. But uh, again, just, just a really scary situation, one of those things that kind of puts everything into perspective. You know, I know we're all really passionate Ranger fans, and, uh, you know, we all have our ideas of, you know, what the ideal line combinations are, and man, why isn't this guy on the top power play unit, and... You know, why, why is this guy still in the lineup? Why isn't he a healthy scratch? And why don't we trade for that guy and all that stuff? And it's great. You know, it's great to be able to, uh, you know, have these discussions with you guys. And, you know, we're all passionate fans. But uh, something like this happens, and it really is chilling, and it really does put things into perspective. And as passionate as we all are about this team, you know, this is just a game. It's not a life-and-death situation like what we saw uh, in the Bills-Bengals game last night. And, you know, there have been some scares in the— uh, in the NHL and in hockey over the years, you know, I, I hate to like compare tragedies, but I can't help but think of, you know, the situation back in 2008, uh, Alexei Cherepanov, who was drafted in the first round by the Rangers, uh, he passed away while playing in a game in the CHL. You know, he finished a shift, went to the bench and just kind of fell backward and died at the hospital. He was only 19 years old, uh, had been drafted by the Rangers just a year before that. Uh, a more recent scare, Jay Bomeister, um, in, in 2020, you know, Stanley Cup champion with the St. Louis Blues, uh, very early in a game in, in February of 2020, he went to the bench and just collapsed and went into cardiac arrest. Unfortunately, uh, they were able to, uh, you know, revive him and get him to the hospital on time, but uh, he had to retire. You know, that was his last game ever. Uh, Rich Peverly, something similar happened there. So, um, you know, obviously, uh, just just very scary situations all around. Uh, something that I wanted to mention here, though, uh, a couple of things, actually. So, first of all, 
I got to give credit to everybody at ESPN. I thought, you know, the the on-air analysts and announcers, I, I thought they handled this as well as humanly possible in what was obviously a very difficult, very challenging, and uh, unprecedented situation. I mean, there's never really been, at least to my knowledge, anything quite like this, at least not in modern times, where you've got somebody being given CPR on the field. There have obviously been some scary injuries, and we've seen players stretchered out and um, you know, some 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 bad injuries over the years, but but nothing that was quite like this. I mean, these these players were just devastated, and uh, I think it's a good thing certainly that the game was canceled. Nobody was in any condition to continue to play uh, after what happened uh, in, in this game here to Demar Hamlin. The other thing I wanted to mention, uh, Hamlin just seems like a, a really good guy. You know, ever since he's coming to the NFL, he's done this thing where he does a toy drive fundraiser, and in the and keep in mind, we're only about. 14 hours or so, give or take, since this happened. Um, he does this uh, GoFundMe um, where he raises money to purchase toys for children. And there is, you know, in just about 14 hours or so, there's been uh, $3.6 million worth of donations given uh, to that to that cause there. And that's just an amazing thing to see people come together in that situation. Uh, to just kind of give you an idea of, you know, the, the character that Hamlin has, this is what he said about uh, the, the GoFundMe when he put it together for the first time in 2020. As I embark on my journey to the NFL, I will never forget where I come from, and I am committed to using my platform to positively impact the community that raised me. I created the Chasing M's Foundation as a vehicle that will allow me to deliver that impact. And again, just, just uh, you know, great, great work by, by Hamlin there putting that uh, GoFundMe together, and obviously great work by everybody, you know, donating to uh, that cause to get toys for children, and obviously, um, you know, uh, allow me to state the obvious here, we're all hoping that uh, Hamlin will make a complete and full recovery, and that he'll be okay. Um, again, just a very scary situation, one of those things that, uh, you know, just puts everything into perspective, and I realize, you know, this doesn't really have anything to do with uh, the Rangers, but some things are bigger than hockey, some things are bigger than sports, and I wanted to spend at least a couple of minutes talking about that, about that situation here today, because uh, obviously, um, you know, just, just really scary stuff, and you, you just hope that um, he pulls through and that uh, he'll be all right, but uh, we do have to uh, continue rolling here. I do want to talk about a couple of things related to the Rangers. And, of course, when you talk about something like this, it's always uh, something of a jarring transition. But uh, we do have to let you guys know um, that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball and hockey, we've got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. We just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So uh, to just kind of, again, it, it's always a jarring situation going going from talking something as dire and as serious like that to, you know, just getting back to the Rangers and hockey. But, you know, this is, of course, a Ranger podcast, and we're going to do our best here to uh, transition as naturally as we possibly can. Uh, I did want to address the Alexi Lafreniere trade rumors, but to me, uh, I think they're just that. They're, they're just rumors it's easy to kind of connect the dots here, and it's easy to kind of see where, 
you know, uh, people would kind of, uh, I don't want to say stir the pot, but, you know, Alexi Lafreniere was a healthy scratch a couple games ago, former first-round pick, quote-unquote generational talent coming into the league, and the fact that, you know, he was watching from the press box while he was healthy in favor of guys like Johnny Brodzinski and Sammy Blay and Jimmy Vesey and Julian Gauthier and Kravtsov, you know, it does make your eyebrows go up a little bit here. Um, and, you know, questions are naturally going to arise. You know, people are going to be asking, y'all, have the Rangers, have they given up on Lafreniere? Have they soured on him? Are they down on him? Do they feel like they should just move on and try to get what they can for him? Uh, to me, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to do that because Lafreniere's value is not very high right now. And on top of that, uh, you lucked into this pick. And I think uh, Lafreniere being just 21 years old, way, way too early to give up on him. Uh, Gerard Gallant, you know, after making Lafreniere a healthy scratch, pretty much downplayed the significance. He compared it to Capo Caco a little bit and, you know, said he was a healthy scratch. It's not that big of a deal. I'm paraphrasing here. Don't have the exact quote in front of me. But Gallant basically downplayed it. And, you know, I saw some people on social media saying that, oh, man, after this year, either Lafreniere or Gallant are going to be gone. And I, I would not go that far. I mean, it, it's possible that one or the other is gone. But I don't think we're at that extreme of a situation where Galant's either going to be fired or Lafreniere's going to be traded. I, I don't think we can go that far just yet. Uh, he was a healthy scratch for just one game, after all. Um, the one thing I will say that makes a Lafreniere trade within the realm of possibility, I do not expect it to happen. I do not think that it should happen. I do not think that it will happen. But the one thing that makes this somewhat plausible, we've talked about this before, but it's the Rangers' salary cap situation. And, you know, at some point in the future, we're going to do a deeper dive into the cap situation, kind of look at what the Rangers are up against this upcoming offseason and what they have to do to stay under the cap and who should be the, the priority and this, that, and the other thing, and maybe even project it for years going forward and, and see what the cap situation is going to look like, not just next year, but for years to come. Uh, we will eventually get to that. Um, but for the time being, you know, the one thing that makes it somewhat plausible is there are three key restricted free agents for the Rangers this upcoming season. They're not the only three, but they're the three that really stand out the most. That would be Lafreniere, that would be Filipino, and that would be Keandre Miller. And you'd like to be able to hang on to all of them. I don't know if the Rangers are going to be able to do that. Um, hopefully there's a way that they can squeeze them under there. Maybe you trade somebody else to make some room for, for all these guys. Uh, we'll see. Like I said, it's something that um, at a certain point, will require a deeper dive, and that would pretty much be the whole episode. But the bottom line is, and we've talked about this theme before, you can't keep anybody, and there are some difficult decisions that have to be made. And with Philip Heedle playing better than he's probably ever played in his NHL career, you know, I, I think for a while there, the prevailing thought was that Philip Heedle might be the guy that's kind of the odd man out. Like, if somebody needs to be traded out of Heedle, Miller, and Lafreniere, that it would most likely be Heedle. But Heedle's played well this season, Lafreniere has not yet lived up to expectations, and I think it at least uh, makes it possible that the Rangers might, you know, end up feeling like Lafreniere might be the player to trade. I don't think that that'll happen. Again, you cannot give up on somebody this early. You don't want to pull uh, a similar situation as what happened with the Ottawa Senators. You know, Mika Zibanejad, the fourth overall pick in the draft, and they basically gave up on him one year too early, and the Rangers absolutely fleeced him, or fleeced uh, fleeced the Senators, and took uh, Mika Zibanejad away uh, from them for, for next to nothing, you know, with all due respect to Derek Broussard, who was one of my favorite players. But, you know, they got Mika and a second-round draft pick. Uh, crazy to think about, and you don't want to make mistakes like that. I don't think it makes a lot of sense to 
trade Alexi Lafreniere for a rental player and somebody that's not even going to re-sign with the Rangers in all likelihood after this season. Um, and, you know, if you're Chris Drury and you do a move like that and Lafreniere uh, goes to his new team and just explodes and becomes like a point-per-game player and just starts dominating, uh, that's going to look really bad. And I think that's the kind of move that can end up costing you your job. I, I think the thing that makes sense here is to stay the course. You know, there's always going to be some comparisons between Lafreniere and Kako because they are obviously both very high draft picks. Kako taken uh, second overall, and then Alexi Lafreniere first overall the next season. And as far as the recent Lafreniere scratching, I did an episode not too long ago where I compared it to Capo Kako being scratched in Game 6 of the Stanley Cup Finals last year, or the Eastern Conference Final, rather. Uh, I didn't agree with it at the time. Still don't think it should have happened. I didn't agree with Alexi Lafreniere being a healthy scratch either, but it is not the end of the world. Kako, yes, he was scratched last year in the Eastern Conference Final. Didn't agree with the decision at all. Uh, he is now playing better hockey than we've ever seen him play uh, since he's come into this league. He should shatter his career highs across the board. Uh, he's got nine goals and eight assists right now. His previous career high in goals was 10. His previous career high in assists was 13. He did both of those when he was a rookie. He should pass both of those with ease. So it's not as if healthy being a healthy scratch has just broken Capo Caco and shattered his confidence and all this other stuff. Um, he's obviously bounced back from it. And again, playing the best hockey uh, that we've seen him play since coming into this league. And I think the hope is that something similar happens with Alexi Lafreniere. Um, and I think this kind of gives you hope here, you know, again, comparing and contrasting the two situations that that eventually could happen. But the bottom line here, uh, stay the course and don't do what the Senators did with Mika Zibanejad. It's just one example, but you don't want to be that team that gives up on one of your prospects and throws in the towel, you know, just a year too early or maybe even just half a season too early if Lafreniere was to be traded at the deadline. Uh, I think you hang on to him and you do what you do. You do everything you can to put him in position uh, to be successful. Uh, talking about Kako just a second ago, though, uh, as a quick aside here, I wanted to mention something that Gallant said uh, regarding Capo Kako and his recent play. This is what he had to say. He was outstanding in the last two games. I really like the way he was physical down low with his big body and making those plays. Confidence is a big thing. And yeah, you can tell that, uh, that Kako is playing with more confidence than he's ever played with since coming into the, this league. I, I think he's gotten a boost uh, playing with Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider. He seems to enjoy playing with them. He seems to have good chemistry with them. Set them both up uh, for a goal in the Rangers' most recent game. Had a primary assist on a Mika Zibanejad goal. Had a primary assist on a Chris Kreider goal. A couple of really nice passes. And uh, obviously, that's been clicking so far. So uh, fingers crossed that the Rangers keep that line together. Um, at this point... I'm almost at the point where I don't even care which players are playing with, with which players. I just want some consistency as far as the line combinations are concerned. And given that the Rangers has had a nice win and they scored five goals, I think the line combo should uh, stay pretty much what they are, at least for the next few games here. But yeah, I mean, took a little bit of a detour there. But as for Lafreniere, I uh, definitely think that, you know, he still has a good future with this Ranger team. And it's way too early to pull the plug, especially if you're just going to trade him to bring in a, a rental whether it's Patrick Kane or Bo Horvat or whoever it might be, um, you, you don't give up the first overall pick less than two and a half years into his tenure in the NHL for a rental. Just not a, a blueprint for, for long-term success, and I don't think it's something that the Rangers could, should, or will do. Um, but yeah, we're going to keep everything rolling in just a second. I want to turn our attention back uh, to the uh, World Juniors. We've got the semifinals all set. They will happen on Wednesday. I'm uh, going to talk about the Rangers that are still playing in that tournament. 
And we are also going to uh, turn our attention to the Rangers game against the Carolina Hurricanes tonight. Just take a quick look at that. Uh, should be a great game, and it's the first time those two teams are playing each other since Game 7 last year. Uh, and we will do all that good stuff in just a second. All right, I figure we can uh, keep everything rolling here with some World Juniors talk. The uh, semifinals are set for Wednesday night. You've got top-seeded Czechia playing number five, Sweden. We've also got the number two-seeded United States up against number three, Canada. Uh, the United States beat Germany 11-1 to in the uh, quarterfinals. You had Canada going to overtime with Slovakia and winning that game 4-3. to uh, Connor Bedard with the overtime winner. Bedard has... 21 points in five games in this tournament. You heard that correctly. That is not a misprint or anything like that. 21 points in five games. Uh, he's just 17 years old and in all likelihood will be the first pick of the draft uh, this upcoming offseason. Uh, one thing that's kind of unfortunate is the gold medal game is going to be happening on Thursday night. And it's basically going to be running side-by-side side with the Rangers game. The Rangers are playing at Montreal at 7 p.m. on Thursday night. Gold medal game will be happening at 7.30. So, you know, maybe there's a way, you know, when the Rangers are between periods, those of us who are into this tournament can uh, flip the channel, catch a little bit of the gold medal game, then flip back to the Rangers. Uh, we'll see how that whole thing works out. And, you know, given the fact that the Rangers start at 7, the gold medal game is at 7.30, uh, maybe it's possible that we can all catch the, uh, the end of the gold medal game as well. But to kind of just uh, give a quick rundown as far as uh, the Rangers playing in this tournament, we... Did this uh, during the preliminaries, listed the five Rangers that are in the tournament and, uh, you know, when they were drafted and how the Rangers feel about these players in, in certain uh, instances as well. Um, but I wanted to give just another quick rundown here as far as the players uh, in this tournament, the five players uh, that the Rangers drafted that are either still competing in this tournament or have wrapped up due to their team uh, being eliminated. But you've got Yaroslav Schmeller, he's playing for Czechia, fifth-round pick by the Rangers in 2021. He's got three goals and two assists in five games in this tournament, so an impressive uh, showing for Schmeller there. And we talked about the need to, uh, you know, eventually, sooner or later, hit on some of these later-round draft picks. And Schmeller, uh, you got to figure with how he's played in this tournament, uh, only boosting his stock uh, within the Ranger organization, a former fifth-rounder and uh, playing very, very well for Czechia. Then you've also got Brandon Othman. He's playing for Canada, uh, Rangers' first-round pick in 2021. He's got two goals and two assists in the five games. He is also a plus-two in that time. And obviously, Brent Othman is somebody that uh, sooner or later is going to be making his Ranger debut. Uh, a lot of Ranger fans really excited about him. Brings that uh, rare combination of you know old-school grit and just uh, incredible talent as well. Just a, a heavy-hitting player, but also very skillful. And uh, a lot of Ranger fans very rightfully excited about Brent Othman and what he can eventually uh, bring to the table for the Rangers. You've also got Noah Laba. Uh, he is an extra for the United States in case of an injury. So I don't know, you know, if U.S. wins the gold, I'm not sure if um, if he would actually get the gold medal. I would think he would because he's technically on the roster, even if he doesn't play in the games. But uh, I guess we'll wait and see there. T to be honest, I'm not sure how that works uh, with the World Juniors. Uh, you also had Kelly Vizen. He was playing for Finland. Uh, Vizen was a fourth-round pick for the Rangers in 2021. Finland lost to Sweden 3-2 to in the quarterfinals. And uh, Vizenin had one goal and one assist in the five games. He was a plus two. But uh, unfortunately for Vizenin, his run and his team's run uh, ended once again in the quarterfinals of this tournament. And then you had Adam Sakura. 
He was playing for Slovakia. Uh, Sakura was a second-round pick by the Rangers in this past year's draft. He was actually the first player that they drafted because they didn't have a first-round pick. But Slovakia lost to Canada in the quarterfinals in overtime, in fact. Uh, they lost 4-3 to in overtime. And uh, Sakura ends up with one goal in five games and was a minus one. Uh, Sakura was actually crying after the loss to Canada. This is a big deal for these players. You know, they're all representing their countries on the global stage. And, uh, you know, obviously it's great experience for them as well. And again, I, I just think it, it's really unfortunate. I mean, there's nothing that can really be done here. You know, this tournament, they're going to play the games when they play the games. But it is unfortunate a little bit that uh, the gold medal game is going to be happening at the same time that the Rangers are playing. But we'll, we'll find a way around it and uh, hopefully be able to talk about, you know, the semifinals and the gold medal game, maybe even the bronze medal game uh, at some point. We will see. You know, United States versus Canada in the semifinals, that's always a lot of fun. Uh, they've met in the finals a couple times in recent seasons. So uh, definitely looking forward to that. And definitely looking forward to the Rangers being back in action, looking for their second straight win. They play the Carolina Hurricanes tonight. It is the first matchup between these two teams since the Rangers eliminated the Carolina Hurricanes in Game 7 last year on the road. Uh, and as I mentioned in the intro of today's episode, the Canes have won 11 straight games. They have four shutouts in that 11-game stretch there. Uh, they were last defeated defeated, excuse me, by the Anaheim Ducks of all teams. Uh, they lost to the Ducks 4-3 in overtime on December 6th. So obviously a big-time test for the Rangers uh, in tonight's game. Looking forward to the challenge, and uh, you know if the Rangers win this one, I, I think a lot of Ranger fans are going to be feeling pretty good. They stumbled a little bit, you know, coming out of the uh, the holiday break. Rough showing against the Capitals. Good competitive game against the Lightning, but ultimately a shootout loss. And then obviously uh, bouncing back in their most recent win to claim a five to three win against the Panthers. And uh, now you do what you can to, to beat a team that's been the hottest team in the NHL and uh, snap their eleven game losing streak. And we'll see if the Rangers uh, can pull it off a little bit later here tonight. Uh, the only other bit of news that I want to share, the Winter Classic for next season. It has been announced. You've got the Golden Knights against the Seattle Kraken in Seattle at T-Mobile Park. I saw some people on social media complaining that, like, well, you know, both these teams are, are, are new to the league and they don't really have any history. Why do they deserve to be in the Winter Classic? It's fine. I, I don't think there's any perfect way to determine which two teams are deserving of playing in the Winter Classic. We've seen the Rangers play in the Classic a couple of times in the past. Uh, they beat the Sabres. They beat the Flyers. So it's fine. You know, two new teams trying to uh, get some spotlight on them, I'm sure. And I don't know. The Winter Classic's always fun. I'll be honest. I did not watch the Winter Classic this season, basically because it was Bruins versus Penguins, and I don't really feel like rooting for either one of those two teams, but I'll watch that one next year. That, that'll be an interesting matchup for sure, and uh, definitely looking forward to it, uh, as I do most years for the Winter Classic. But uh, yeah, I figure we could pretty much call it there for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com, and definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that's at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. For your second listen, check out the Locked On NHL Prospects podcast, your daily podcast covering the new next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the NHL draft. Locked On NHL Prospects, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.